You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Hello, this is the RUV English podcast. My name is Darren Adam. Thank you very much for your company as ever. And thank you today for the company of Shilpa Katri Baba, who joins me and I join her in her workplace, which is the Vigdis Language Center in the heart of Reykjavik, just a, a stone's throw from the domestic airport and within sight of the Putlan building as well. Shilpa, thank you very much for your time today. Welcome to the, the Ruv English podcast. Let's start with your journey to Reykjavik, because I think it came as a surprise to you as well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it actually did, you know. Uh, it's been like, I have been teaching sociology to the undergraduate students for past 25 years, and then all of a sudden, last year in January, I received this letter of appointment which says that, hello, you've been nominated as the Indian chair in the University of Iceland. And I was like, oh, I'm in Nordic countries. I've, I've never visited them. And so, yes, it came as a surprise to me, but a very charming surprise. And you were in Delhi when this happened? Yes, indeed. I, was, I am uh, staying in Delhi since my birth, mm. and that's where I've been teaching also. Yeah. So this just came out of the blue then. This was a completely random approach for you to come and work on the other side of the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What were your thoughts when you got that? Uh, well, I, I think since I'm a very strong believer, I, I think somewhere my prayers were answered because uh, the Nordic countries, as I, I just said, I, I have, uh, you know, some kind of an affection and I, I, I know no reason why that affection is there. So uh, I think it was it came as a party time for me. And uh, of course, what better occasion than talk about your own culture and spread mm. that, uh, especially given the fact that uh, India currently is holding the presidency of the G20 and, uh, you know, talking about this idea of Vasudeva Kutum, that this entire universe is one family. Mm. And uh, I got this opportunity to be part of this harmonious, uh, explicable entity called this big universe as one family. Yeah. Okay, so the job came to you then, the opportunity came to you, and it sounds like you jumped at it. Did you have long to prepare? Did you do a lot of research about Iceland, or did you let it surprise you? Uh, I actually let it surprise me because I did not want to go with a preconceived notion, except about the weather, uh, which uh, <laughs> I knew that is going to be really tough for me. So whatever packed in my bag was a homework done. But uh, in terms of curating uh, ab information about the people, about the culture, I let it speak and I mm. wanted to experience it. Now, when you contacted me, as you, you kindly did a few weeks ago, you suggested that we talk about the influence of Indian culture in Iceland, or indeed evidence, I suppose, of Indian culture in Iceland. And there are a few ways we can explore that. What, what comes to mind then? What sort of prompted you to want to talk about that? Now, uh, you know, as I was uh, curating my conversations uh, uh, on uh, uh, with people in Iceland, there were a couple of things which, which surprisingly came very close to me, uh, uh, which is very similar to what is there uh, between India and Iceland. Say, for instance, in the month of March, uh, on the 8th of or 7th of March, I think, uh, India is going to celebrate a, a festival of colors, and we call that Holi. 
And in Iceland too, in the month of June, there is an annual race of colors which takes place, which is a five kilometer long marathon and where, where you just celebrate with the exuberance of different colors, uh, talking about shades of life. Other than that, uh, there is a very rich tradition of oral literature in Iceland, so sagas and eddas and uh, what what all they've been speaking about is so similar uh, to the Vedic heritage, uh, uh, which is uh, kind of, you know, all the time echoing in the hearts of the Indians, uh, uh, the Upanishads. And uh, so, uh, like in Iceland, uh, every stone, every mountain, every hill has a story. There's a guardian angel. There are these hidden folks. And this is so much like India. I mean, the landscape, uh, the idea of health being holistic in nature, uh, you know, uh, all, this, all this kind of fascinates me. And... Uh, also, this um, uh, the fact that Indo-European languages are are common. So, Icelandic, Sanskrit, Hindi. There are so many terms, Darren, which are so similar. You know, like uh, they use this term called kheer for cow, and uh, kheer refers to a milk pudding in India. Uh, then uh, in in uh, Sanskrit, we use the term ama. Ama is for toxins. And they also use a term which is similar uh, to something which needs to be given away with or done away with. And that's referred to as ama lekut. And uh, also, uh, I, I came to know of yesterday in my lecture on, on the Vedas that the term, the root word for Vedas is vid, which means knowledge. And the rude word uh, of uh, in Icelandic to know also is very similar, you know, and they call it uh, vitta. Yeah. Vitta means yeah. to know. So I mean, all this is is tell is telling me the thing that you know this universe somewhere is actually one yeah. and. I have this constant urge of, of standing in the middle of the road and telling people, hey, you should have chairs across the universe, across the globe, everywhere. So we all should know about each other's culture. Yeah. I think people might be surprised by those linguistic links uh, between the languages in which you are expert and indeed you teach Hindi here, yeah, don't you, yeah. as well, and Icelandic and other similar languages as well. Uh, another aspect of Indian culture, which is increasingly popular in, in Iceland, as it is in many other places, of course, Indian food. And the first time we met here in your office, I have to, I, I will never stop praising the, the curry that you so very kindly made for me to enjoy and allowed me to take home for my tea afterwards as well. <laughs> so thank you very much for that. But there is obviously an appreciation of Indian food here in Iceland as yeah, well, isn't there? Yeah. In fact, uh, interestingly, Darren, uh, here also they have flat kaka, which is mm. made up of ray bread. And, uh, you know, that's exactly very similar to the pulka or the roti in India, which is made up of wheat. And uh, here also uh, the dough is put directly over the clay oven, uh, which is the conventional and the traditional way of making it. And there too, the clay oven is, is a very conventional way of preparing the tandoori roti, which is much celebrated. And, uh, uh, but, but the only thing uh, that, that's disturbing is that uh, 
most of the people here actually do not know that there is no concept like Indian food because India is so diverse from north to south, yes. from east to west that you could have foods and spices from India, but it surely cannot be labeled as Indian food, <laughs> yes, you know? Yes. Well, I apologize for the yeah. shorthand, but of course, you're right, a country of what, a billion people yeah. cannot be said to have one cuisine, can it? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, in 1994, when this restaurant next to Bio Paradis, which everybody is very fascinated yeah, about, yeah. we have a fairly uh, good number of restaurants, almost five of them. Uh, we have Gandhi and uh, uh, we have this, uh, in, uh, again, street food chain called Raldestein, which was institutionalized in 2004. And a uh, couple of other uh, uh, restaurants like Shalimar, which is a Pakistani restaurant also serves Indian food. You have Himalayan Spices, which also is a, is a Nepalese restaurant, I think, and is serving Indian food. So food, yes, uh, but then uh, from different parts of mm. India. Mm. That is what I want to. Yeah. Well, it is interesting that I think a city like Reykjavik, which we've been coming to since uh, 1998, has so many kinds of food options now that yeah. it just didn't. And I suppose as a city grows inevitably, it's going mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. bring in influences from all around the world. What kind of students do you have here? Who's learning Hindi here in Reykjavik? So uh, not just Hindi, about various facets of Indian culture, mm. uh, from food to Vedas to philosophy uh, uh, to weaves. Uh, the Icelanders have this unique interest, you know, uh, which uh, they want to. And because they want to, most of them want to visit India as tourists, you know. Indian cinema is something that fascinates mm. them a lot. And, uh, uh, you know, so they they are looking for just blanket terms, anything which is related to India, and, and they want to learn more about it. So, like, currently in my class on Indian culture, I have six students, all of whom are Icelanders, and, and they are wanting to visit India, and that's the reason they want to know about Indian culture and uh, get familiar with Hindi language. Okay, let's talk about your experiences then here in Iceland and the differences uh, between between Delhi and, and, and Reykjavik and, and your experience since you came here. I think we can probably say that Reykjavik and Delhi, they don't share a climate type. Yeah. So we've established that there's a big difference there. But what else were your impressions when you first came here and started living here? Uh, Coming from a country which is like, uh, I think, almost 32 times bigger than Iceland and uh, which is so diverse, uh, uh, I, I, the first thing that hit me here is the homogeneity. I mean, almost everybody spoke the same language, mm. everybody dressed in a similar manner. And uh, this was very fascinating from a person who who, uh, when steps out a kilometer away, there's a different dialect which is spoken. And uh, so homogeneity, number one. Uh, number two is that, uh, you know, in, in uh, Delhi, uh, which is like my workplace and, of course, uh, my place of residence, uh, whenever we wanted to go on a vacation for a vacation, this is the kind of landscape. So we used to travel north towards the Himalayas uh, mm. to take a mm. break, you know. And so it seems like this is a 24 into 7 break for me. So it's, uh, it's like very, very relaxing for me and, yeah. and uh, helps me beautifully create the balance between my personal and my uh, professional life. And uh, also what, what I really, really like about this place is, is the dignity of labor. 
you know, which is uh, coming from a stratified society like uh, India, especially Delhi, the capital city, where, you know, we have this, even the geographies, your residence area defines which segment of the class you are from, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, here there are no such hang-ups. And, and, and so we have a term uh, uh, from Mumbai, which we call bindas, you know, which is like free, uh, free, free in style, you know. Uh, so that is that is something that really really fascinates yeah. and and is very different apart from yeah I take a deep breath in the air here <laughs> coming from I, Delhi. I love what you said about the vacation and the holiday because yeah. for me working and living in Iceland five days a week it feels like that comes with a free holiday in yeah. Iceland yeah. for two days every every week. Do you feel the same sort of thing? Absolutely, absolutely, and and. Uh, there is something so warm about the weather here. I'm, I'm warmed in terms of the affection mm. that, uh, you know, uh, I have now coming from a land which is so fertile and where I see the different moods of the season, I have started respecting my country much more because the resilience and the strength which people here in Reykjavik and the smile with which they have, they have, you know, kind of, I would say, uh, suffered and yet not suffered the winters, it makes me realize, come on, Shilpa, you had everything there in the country and still you could manage to be cribby. <laughs> and uh, so I think it's it's fascinating. My experience here yeah. uh, has been. Yeah. And you're living in Reykjavik in the city yes, center. Right. It's a it's a proper city. But it's a much smaller city than, than Delhi. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm right in the downtown. Yeah. So when people tell me, oh, it might have been like really disturbing in the nights. And I'm like, hello, what? <laughs> I can't even hear a honking sound. Yeah, of course, there are. There's a nightlife and everything. Yeah. But uh, I think it's a beautiful place to be. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about your future plans then, because this is obviously a job that you are doing here and you, you came very suddenly and unexpectedly and you seem to be really enjoying the job and, and the location as well. Is this somewhere that you will stay or seek to stay longer term, do you think? Uh I, I really do not know about that because my family is in the country. So uh, uh, we Indians are very family oriented, you know. And uh, so I would surely want to go back and spend some time with my family back home. But I would surely want to stay with the cause, you know, this cause of being a messenger of your culture and your language, your heritage. I had never as a sociologist with a doctorate in medical sociology ever, ever thought that it could be so fulfilling and, mm. and, and satisfying. So I think it's a very gratifying experience and I would uh, want to definitely continue with it. Uh, and uh, I much appreciate uh, Indian Council of Cultural Relations to have thought of uh, this kind of, of idea and institutionalizing a chair uh, it's a remarkable yeah. effort, I must say. And briefly just on that, is there a sense of that being reciprocated? Might someone from Iceland here go to India in the way that you came here? Yeah, so uh, in fact, that has been one of my, though they have been state visits, and uh, mm -hmm. in fact, our prime ministers have met twice during the India Nordic Summit. And right uh, last year in August, we had uh, the minister from uh, the cultural uh, affairs uh, visiting Reykjavik. Uh, so uh, I have also uh, spoken to them, and I think they do have this in mind that we too would be institutionalizing a chair, an Icelandic chair, because uh, uh, with 
almost uh, 500 plus Indians uh, here living. Uh, I'm sure this is a much popular land and never did I think so much. And I was going through the statistics. Before COVID, they were darting down 20,000 Indians who had visited here as tourists. And uh, so I, uh, I think maybe I am the backbencher and, and a lot of people have been visiting India. So, yes, I, right. I think even I would push the idea of reciprocating this beautiful yeah. gesture. Okay. And finally, just on any tips that you have for someone coming to Iceland from a different country, coming to the country fresh. If I could ask you for one piece of insider knowledge that you now have about the place, what would it be? So I think, uh, you know, a very interesting uh, experience I would like to share here. Mm -hmm. So when I stepped first uh, here and I asked for directions from someone and I received no response and I was like, oh God, how rude this person is. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that almost nobody could listen to what I was saying. And then I kind of waved my hands out and I realized that in Iceland, people have the habit of wearing their earplugs. And so the people are lovely and warm. It's just that, my dear friends, whoever come to Iceland, just wave your hands out and you will receive uh, the warmth here. And just let this experience be with you. But my only respect, uh, uh, my only request would be to respect the beauty of the nature here, you know, and especially to the tourists. Mm. Uh, it's very painful to see when you just throw your garbage at, at God's own land which is Iceland which is how I see the Himalayas so just Mm. as I used to get very irritated with the (laughs) tourists there I have a similar request for the tourists here but allow uh, this place to register in your heart and there's a lot of space here there's plenty of room for tourists and the vast majority of tourists are respectful and come here and enjoy the place and take nothing but memories and photographs but inevitably a small minority are are the ones that attract attention. Absolutely, absolutely you're right. And and the respect for genders is 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 amazing. So here for a woman like me walking out at two o'clock in the night, I mean I don't even have to think twice. So I would not just tell all the women to break free from their homes and go on a solo trip to Iceland. Okay, Shilpa, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I I trust we shall meet again. And uh, I thank you very much for your hospitality the last time that we met as well. That's Shilpa Katri Baba who joins me today, uh, sharing her experiences of teaching here in Iceland and being a new Icelander joining me today on the Ruv English podcast. If you want to get in touch with Ruv English anytime, you can email english at ruv.is. You're listening to the Ruv English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.